Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the Spiritual Success Podcast. Today I've got Rachel and Angelica from Soulful Vader on the podcast and I absolutely love these guys. They're an incredible duo and I was just really interested to see what it would be like talking to them on the podcast because it's the first time I've actually had a couple of people on the podcast I'm interviewing at the same time, which I've never had before. And I'm a solopreneur. I absolutely love being on my own. I could not work with a partner, but they work so well together. They have fantastic synergy, great rapport. They just seem to know who's going to speak and when. So I asked them some questions about that. And of course, they're experts in Ayurveda. So we talk about Ayurveda, how it works on the mind, body and spirit level. And even if you are familiar with Ayurveda, then hopefully you'll still get something new out of this episode. For example, we talk about how your dosha type might affect you as an entrepreneur, what some of the benefits and the pitfalls might be. And of course, just hearing their stories and how they ended up finding each other and working together and creating this spiritual business is just always really interesting to hear. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a place for spiritual people who want to grow, learn and succeed in life and a business. I'll be talking to successful spiritual entrepreneurs, authors and thought leaders to understand what creates a meaningful and soul aligned life. So come on in, lightworkers. This is your time to shine. Hi, Angelica and Rachel. Hello. It's so fun for me to have two people on and be interviewing two lovely women at the same time. So thank you so much for joining us today. And I was hoping to get a little bit about your story because everyone I've had on the podcast so far has been a solopreneur. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about your solo paths, how you found each other and how you decided to build this business together. Well, thank you so much for having us on the podcast. We're so excited to be here and chatting with you. And yeah, so my journey started in yoga world. I've always been really physical and connected to my body. I was a dancer growing up and that was my whole life. So it kind of made sense when I found yoga in college and I loved it. I started with Bikram yoga, you know, crazy 105 degree, 40% humidity, heat, 90 minute classes. And I did it like every day because that's just kind of how I am. (laughs) And I loved it because I just felt so connected to my mind and body on a deeper level um, than I had before with dance on a different level. And yeah, that sparked my like kind of spiritual journey. And then post-college, I was in a job that was really exhausting. It was in the fashion PR world and it totally burned me out. And all I wanted to do was manage a yoga studio and just totally take a complete left. And I was able to manifest that job. And while I was doing the whole yoga thing, I was hustling. As most yoga instructors know, they have so many classes on their schedule. And I was burning myself out yet again. And one of the conditions that was coming up for me was amenorrhea, which is a lack of menses for at least three months. I hadn't had it for three years. And I was also experiencing things like adrenal fatigue. I had irritable bowel syndrome, just the gamut. And I really, I went to a couple Western doctors and didn't really get the answers I was seeking. It just wasn't 
resonating with me until I stumbled upon the word Ayurveda a lot. And I finally was like, okay, I got to read more about this. I read a book about it, very simple, but it just made so much sense of understanding the elements and understanding our nature. And there was questions that I've been asking for years that Western medicine couldn't answer. And it was like all solved in this one little book that was like a hundred pages. So it kind of blew me away. And it was just like, all right, this is it. I got to go after this. And I'm very much that type of self-sufficient type of attitude. And I decided to go to school for it. I was like, I'm a yoga instructor. I want something to pair with this. And Ayurveda is perfect. It's diet, it's lifestyle, it's healing. And I really want to find out what is the cause of all these conditions that Western doctors can't get behind. Um, So that really started the next part of my healing journey. I went to the California College of Ayurveda. I became an Ayurvedic practitioner. And yeah, I started to do consultations and I would kind of talk about them at the end of my yoga class because a lot of my clients were yoga students who were wanting to know more about Ayurveda and how they can heal their body. And yeah, that's actually where I met Rachel. She was one of my students. She was also a yoga instructor at my studio um, that I manage, but she would take my class often. And yeah, I'll let you take it over from here, Rachel. <laughs> yeah, I always like to like back this up a little bit because I feel like this part is funny. But um, and Jock and I did first meet while we were both teaching, but she's an incredible instructor. And I remember there was a time where I was studying for the GMAT and like I didn't do any other exercise, but I would carve out my Monday nights for Angelica. She had the most incredible C2 class. She would bring in essential oils. The sun would be setting over the studio. Like it was such a vibe. And so um, I moved away from that studio and hadn't been in a while. And randomly on a Saturday, I had like a spark of inspiration to go all the way back to that studio to take her class on a Saturday. And when I walked in, she was like, ah, I was just thinking about you. Like I channeled you here. And I was like, oh, okay. Like (laughs) awesome. And during class, she mentioned she had just gotten back from California, which is where California College of Ayurveda was. And she'd gotten done with her internship. And when she said that word, although I'd heard it before, when she said it, it was like something came alive in me. And I had to know more, wanted to ask her all of the questions. And so I kind of stopped her after class, asked a little bit about it, but we didn't really get anywhere. There was a ton of people around, but she was so sweet and texted me after and was like, Hey, if you want to meet up, like, I'd love to tell you more about my school, my experience and let's meet at Whole Foods. And so we like went and got dinner and she the whole time was talking about school, thinking that as a yogi, I might be interested in going to the same college, which eventually happened. But at this time, I was just in awe of the story she was telling about her clients and the things she was learning. And I was like, "Can I? how can I be your client? Like, How can I sign up to work with you? And at this point in my life, I had experienced years of chronic conditions that were kind of confusing. They didn't really have a reason behind them. I guess when I say chronic too, they weren't things that were diagnosed or even had a Western name. It was like um, chronic inflammation, having random hives. I would have heartburn every single day. I was an insomniac, things like that. And I tried everything under the sun from a holistic perspective to get rid of those things, different diets. That's when I started yoga, herbal supplements, you name it, I've tried it. And when I started working with Angelica, I noticed immediate shifts in my physical body to the point where I think it was like five or six weeks after we started working together, almost all of my symptoms were gone, which was incredible. Angelica, I'm interested from your perspective, like what that experience was like for you, like having that work with me. 
Yeah, that was, she was one of my first clients that were, it was a true success who like really trusted me and was like all in. And so it really gave me faith in myself as a practitioner. So yeah, there was already like magic that happened right when we met. And then later on in the springtime, Rachel called me up and she's like, Hey, I'm putting on a retreat. Like would love for you to do an Ayurveda workshop. And I was like, yeah, totally. Like, even though in the back of my head, I was already burning myself out yet again, um, managing that's a common theme for me. And I, I just something beyond us was pulling me there and that's how I knew to follow it. And so we, uh, she actually called me, I called her back one day and I was like, Hey, so like, who else is going to be at this retreat? Like what's going on in the planning of it? Cause I was thinking from my own perspective, like, I know so many people like this would be so great. Like we can have tarot, we can have massage and all these things. And she's like, well, I only have you for now. And I was like, Oh, perfect. Like, would you like me to help you plan this? And she's like, yeah, Oh my God, that'd be amazing. And that was truly the spark in the start of Soulful Veda. So the retreat was a smashing success. It did so well. It sold out. And the part that everyone loved the most in the retreat was the workshop, the Ayurveda workshop, which stunned us because, you know, sometimes you think that people don't want that type of information, but they loved it. And um, the night before we were planning for the retreat, we were just getting so excited for it. We are making these essential oils for based on each person that was coming to the retreat's dosha type. Like we went, I know, hilarious. We went all out and we were just getting so excited. Like, again, there was something beyond us guiding us. It was like chills up and down our spine and we were just creating our vision for soulful. Like, wow, we just want everyone to know this information so they can start healing, like, probably sounded so crazy, but then we were talking about all these visions like spewing and just felt so good and vibrant. And that truly was the birth of Soulful Veda and how it came to be. And how long ago was this? This was May of 2019 when we had our first retreat. And so it was like May 4th, the day right before the retreat where we sat down and kind of had that look at each other. We're like, should we do more of these things? Like, should we make this a thing beyond today? So yeah, that was the official start. Wow. And you're in two different places. So Rachel, you're in Chicago. Angelica, you're in LA. How how do you work like that? Were you in the same place when you started or have you always been working in different locations? Yeah. So I'm from Chicago and that's how Rachel and I met because we met in the yoga world there. And yeah, I love LA. I've lived in LA before moving back to Chicago this most recent time. And yeah, that it works really well for us. I mean, I think COVID proved to us because we would meet and I would go over to Rachel's apartment every week or every twice a week um, to talk about Soulful, but everything's virtual and everything's online. So it actually works out really well for us. And I do go back to Chicago quite a bit. Um, <laughs> so I get to see Rachel every single time I'm home almost. Yeah. And it's a treat. I've, I only made one trip out to LA, but I'm excited to go back because Angelica is the most incredible host. So it's an excuse to kind of itch our, um, or get our travel bug in and then also know that we can do this separately and like stay connected in this virtual space too. I love that. And how do you divide up the tasks? Do you have like systems in place? Do you look after one section and the other looks after something else? So you like CEO, COO, how do you divide it up between the both of you? Yeah, I think this is something that we've gotten better at over time. I think when we initially started, we both had the belief that like we always had to be doing the most. And so we would try to really divide everything up 50-50 and kind of go from that lens. And recently we've gotten better at figuring out, okay, 
what really excites us and lights us up in the business and what doesn't and also what are we good at and using that to kind of guide how we do things. And so most of my roles are, I'm a creator. I love to do things. I love to run with ideas and I love to bring things to life. And so when we create a new program, um, I'm the person behind the scenes putting the webpage up, creating the content, like making a lot of the aesthetics for our Instagram, editing podcasts, things like that. And Angelica loves to have more of the high level perspective. And so kind of having that idea, guiding as it, as it goes along. And I love to like bring projects to her, get her opinion. And then together we kind of bring it to life in that way. And even the way that we coach and heal, I think is a little bit different. And so it's been fun to see how when we come together in projects like our, um, most recent program that we just launched, I've been drawn to more like the business aspect and more of like the mental perspective because that's how things show up in my body. And that's how I want to work to heal with people. And Angelica works very much with the physical and then also like more of the spiritual. And so just seeing what what things were aligned and present for us on our path have kind of ignited what we are excited to share and teach about with clients on our platform and just across the board. And have you guys looked at your astrology birth charts next to each other? Do you have any ideas about what the connection is, past lives, anything like that, or just even an intuitive sense of how you've come together in this lifetime? Because, I mean, surely you haven't just met for the first time now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really it's really funny. I, we haven't done past life regression. I'm very interested, though, for Rachel and I to do that and to kind of see our past together. But all we know from that is like we've been men a lot in our in our past lives. Like a lot of that. We got the masculine energy like pretty much on point. But I yeah, I recently started studying Vedic astrology. So, of course, I have our charts up like at all times and I'm always looking. We have a lot of similarities in our charts just from our um sun, moon, and rising. I have sun in cancer and my rising is Taurus. And I know that Rachel has her sun in Taurus and we both have moon in Scorpio. So there is a lot of overlap and it's cool to see, you know, the moon in Scorpio is something that I I love so much about our charts. I think it's sometimes when people hear that in Vedic astrology, because considering moon in Scorpio means that the moon is debilitated in that sign. And it's actually Scorpio is the only sign in Vedic astrology that has the ability to have deep transformation. So um, you can actually go from like point A to point B. And I feel like that is such a huge theme for Rachel and I and our offerings is we love having transformation in our own lives and bodies, but also being able to guide others to that deep transformation. So it's things like that that's been really cool to see the parallels between it. And of course, Taurus is also a healing sign. Again, I think that's something different than Western and Vedic. In Vedic, we understand that, yeah, Tauruses love to be really grounded, but they're also like really nurturing and they love material items that can kind of recharge them. So yeah, like there's all these like little pieces to it, but it's been really fun to play with. Yeah, I've converted to Vedic astrology this year, actually, 2021. I have an amazing episode of the podcast with Christine Rodriguez, and I'm subscribed to her Patreon account, and she does weekly Vedic astrology updates. And I mean, I've had birth chart readings with both, and I love them both, and I identify with both. But for me, Vedic has just been absolutely spot on. So. Uh. I love yeah. that so much. What are what's your sun, moon, and rising signs? So in Vedic, I'm a Virgo moon and an Aries sun and a Leo wow. rising. Leo rising? Mm-hmm. Oh, look at all that fire. I love it. <laughs> 
So Virgo is my rising sign in Western. So in Western, I'm a Taurus sun, Virgo rising, Libra moon. So either way, I've got the Virgo energy. And I remember when I first heard about Virgos, I was like, I cannot believe I'm not a Virgo. I was like, that is literally me. But because I was a Taurus, I was like, you know, pretty similar vibes-ish. But yeah, I really identify with my Vedic. Mm. I love that. Yeah, I, I love that so much. I, I feel I find the more we started doing mini soul charts and the more that I'm doing them with people, they're like, finally, like, yes, I knew I was this sign and like it didn't resonate in, in that sense to it. Yeah. Amazing. So I'd love to talk a little bit about Ayurveda because this is something I only know a tiny little bit about. A few years ago, I think I did some kind of quiz online about the doshas and I know you have some quizzes on your website. So can you tell us a little bit about what Ayurveda is, where it came from and how it can help people? So Ayurveda is an ancient science. It's been around uh, for over 5,000 years. Some may argue that maybe 10,000 years. And it is a healing science that is the system sister to yoga. So yoga is very much a path to enlightenment and connecting to your inner spirituality. And Ayurveda basically gives us the vehicle to get there because you're not going to get to an enlightenment if there is blockages in your body. And if you're bogged down with disease, you're just not going to be able to sit in meditation, which is the purpose of yoga. So Ayurveda gives us the means to kind of clean and scrub our inner and outer body um, so that we can get to that place. And it's based off the five elements. So Ayurveda is very much a nature-based science. And basically, if you understand the five elements and how they work within our body and everywhere around us, you understand the whole science, which is so empowering because it makes it so accessible that everyone has access to this wisdom. And most of the time, once we learn these tenets, you realize that it's so intuitive. You are already doing a lot of these things. Like it, it just makes so much sense. And it's never meant to bring any restrictions. I think sometimes with systems, I know at least for myself, I'm like, oh, another someone tell me what to do. And that truly, if you ever feel like that with Ayurveda, then kind of missing the point. The whole thing is about the science is to empower you that you are your own healer, that you know best. And this wisdom is just getting you back to your most natural state and creating the optimal environment for your body to heal. I love that. And is Ayurveda just about food? Is it energy healing or just absolutely everything all in one? I like to think it's all as one. Like I really like to think that it's diet, it's lifestyle, it's spirituality because so I'll go over the tenets of Ayurveda. So there's five elements in Ayurveda and going from gross to subtle, that's earth, water, fire, air, and ether. So really similar to those who are familiar with Chinese medicine, it's like the same elements, except I think it's ether and metal are switched out. And we have all of these elements within us. We see all these elements in nature. So we see the earth element, we know water, fire, and then air, think of like that wind and ether is everything that connects it together. It's that I almost like to think when you're meditating, you hear that ringing in your head. Um, that's ether. It's that space that connects everything together. And so we have a certain proportion of all these elements within our body. And so two elements combined equate to a dosha, which is what a lot of people know what Ayurveda is. So again, let's go from gross to subtle with the elements. Earth and water is kapha dosha. Fire and a little bit of water is pitta dosha, and then air and ether is vata dosha. And so that's why everyone identifies like, I'm vata, I'm pitta, I'm kappa, when the truth is 
You are all of these doshas, but you have unique percentages that you are given when you are in your mother's womb. So in your mother's womb, think you are starting to already create these unique percentages of each of the doshas. You're partly pitta, you're partly kappa, you're partly vata. Then even through conception, there may already be like a birth trauma, for example, that has happened. And already the doshas are beginning to shift and dance. So throughout our life, our doshas, we always have this constitution that's like the core of who we are that doesn't change. And we call that constitution in Ayurveda. We also have a current uh, depiction of the doshas, which you call a current imbalance. So that's why it can be confusing when you take quizzes sometimes. We love to do it just because it helps people to identify and grab onto something. But it can be confusing because throughout your lifetime, you dance between different doshas. You've had a pitta imbalance in your lifetime where you've had too much fire. This may mean inflammation in the body burnout, which is very much what Rachel and I's story has been about. And, you know, anger and being critical and blaming, that is a holistic way of looking when that dosha is out of balance. Now you may have had certain aspects in your life when you had a vata imbalance and that vata has that like coldness. It's got that air and ether to it. It's very light. So when we're feeling really anxious and overwhelmed and dry in our bodies, we may be experiencing bloating and gas and maybe we've just taken on too much and we just literally can feel like up to here with all of our stress that we have, we can't handle it anymore. That is the vata dosha that's vitiated. And then other times in our life, we may feel bogged down by kappa. When kappa is out of balance and we have too much of the earth and water elements to us, we feel heavy, we feel dense, we feel stuck. We may feel depressed. We may feel um, like we don't know what the next step forward is. And yeah, that is signifies when that dosha is out of balance. So if you're listening to this, know that you have a constitution. You have one that is within you that you know is you no matter what cycle of life you're going through, but also know that it's when you're thinking about healing your own body, it's coming back to that current imbalance that you have. So when you have that current imbalance, what Ayurveda gives us is diet, herbs, lifestyle practices to heal. Um, so a lot of people think that Ayurveda is all about diet and it's it could be totally a huge portion. But what we love to preach and what we've learned from our at our college is that 90% of how you digest food is how you eat it and only 10% is what you eat. So that 90% how you eat, meaning we call these the conscious eating habits. What is the environment when you're eating? Are you in conversation with someone? Are you grounded? Are you chewing too fast or not chewing enough? Are you eating too fast? All these things determine um, how we're going to digest our food and why there's the importance of digestion in Ayurveda is because when digestion is off, every other system, the body is off. Digestion is king. And that makes sense, right? Because it's what we put in our bodies. And so if it's going through the GI tract, or if we're going to experience imbalances, when that is not healed, it doesn't just magically go away. Maybe in our Western minds, we think that and we put a bandaid on it, but it diversifies and it goes to a different system of the body and creates another problem there. So that's why Ayurveda is so important because it gets down to the root cause of the symptom rather than just kind of putting band-aids on it. And then you're like constantly doggy paddling out of your weight of imbalance. So I know that was like a long winded answer to give to all these modalities. So I think it's helpful to understand why in the first place. Yeah, that's super interesting. So if you had a specific health issue, are there like Ayurvedic solutions for that? Yeah. And 
Like Angelica was saying, it it really depends on what's going on at the root. And so I think another interesting thing that I kind of want to expand on what Angelica said is also understanding why something occurred in the first place. So like even sharing my own story with the heartburn and the insomnia, it wasn't just enough to know like, okay, I'm dealing with a pitta imbalance, although that's helpful. And then I can have a, a regimen of what to do in my diet and lifestyle, but it's also important to know what's causing me to do things in my life that are creating a lack of ability to fall asleep or what is being undigested and coming up and showing up as that fire in the digestive system. And that's why it's so important for in our opinion to work with a practitioner or someone who can help guide you in not just, Hey, here are the things to do and your Vata is out of balance, but why is that happening in the first place? Like what beliefs, what behaviors are causing those things? And then to answer your question, if you have a specific condition, then yes, of course, Ayurveda can help with that. And it knows, you know, what, what you need to do from the lifestyle perspective, what herbs you should take, what diet is going to support you. But then there's the other element that isn't talked about enough, in my opinion, that's like, okay, but what also caused this thing to happen? What caused or created this condition? What I'm getting a lot from what both of you are saying is that it's very much based on the principle that people are responsible for their own lives and their own health and everyone has a lot of agency which I find really empowering from what you're saying yeah definitely and it's not to say that you know every disease per se is curable and there are definitely things that people are born with and you know that comes from other things maybe past karmas but we do have so much responsibility over our environment which is really what helps the body to heal right because the body is this magical thing and it knows how to create optimal health and live in that state of homeostasis what causes the body to get out of balance is when we misuse the five senses and we create an environment that isn't harmonious to our healing and so we talked about the importance of digestion from the aspect of food. But when you think about what you digest throughout your day, it's everything like what comes in through your vision. So what are you watching? What are you looking at on Instagram? What are you reading, right? What type of music are you listening to? Or do you live in a city with a lot of sounds? What type of smells are coming in? Like what do you wear that creates the touch sensation in your body? And so all of those things factor into your health because they're all a part of your environment. And so where we can really start to take responsibility for ourselves is in finding enough love for ourselves to be able to nourish our environment in a way that also nourishes not only our physical body, but our mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies as well. And you mentioned the three doshas earlier. How can people find out where they're at right now, their current imbalance? So we have a quiz on our website and that kind of gives you just like a quick snapshot, but I will say if you've had like a chronic condition for, I don't know, longer than two weeks or a month, then I recommend going to a practitioner. Um, well, they'll do a full consultation and understanding where the doshas are. Cause yes, a quiz is great. Can kind of like latch onto something, but you really want to get to the heart of it. So another reason why Ayurveda is so amazing is that it takes into account that each person is so unique. So even if I happen to have two clients that have the same percentages of pitta, kappa, and vata, I would treat them completely differently because one has been through so many different life experiences. One has a lot of different karmas. Even if just looking at their Vedic chart, um, which is something that I'm starting to bring into these consultations, like there's so many different nuances and uniqueness. And that's what a practitioner really looks at that person for is to really understand where they're going through um, and how it manifested in their lives. 
Um, so I do recommend getting a guide and a mentor for that reason, because they can show you that. And then also know your healing plan will be so specific to you. So again, you know, we're going to have our own different resistances. If someone were to tell me like, to do the conscious eating habit before I instill the meditation practice, it may not resonate with me, for example. So an Ayurvedic practitioner can really start to curate what is the perfect order of recommendations that is going to land um, and also like open up the gateway to a lot more. So I remember one of my first clients, I gave her the conscious eating habit of eating in a peaceful environment. Um, and that's because she had no boundaries at the time. She worked for her mom and she was at her mom's beck and call like all the time. And so I said, you know, that time when you eat in a peaceful environment, no phones, no distractions, like go on your balcony, light a candle, get a bouquet of flowers, like make it pretty. It's your time, just like your yoga class. And when you lay down your mat, it's your time for yourself. And she's like, okay, she got all excited. And she, a week later, she's like, wow, like this is crazy. But my mom, now she knows that during lunch, she doesn't try to call me or if she does call me, she'll ask me, um, I'll tell her, you know, I can't talk on the phone right now. I'm eating lunch. And she goes, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you were eating lunch. And then she hangs up the phone, um, which is huge. That may seem like kind of silly and crazy, but it was a huge step for her in realizing how to set her boundaries. So yes, Ayurveda is about like the physical and the tangible and how can we make this really practical, but a astute Ayurveda practitioner will understand what is the spiritual cause behind all of this. For example, that was building boundaries. And that truly is how disease all manifests is that it first starts from an imbalance in the spiritual body. That makes sense. Cause I've talked about on the podcast before how I really got into spirituality was because I had generalized anxiety disorder. And it was one of those things where I was having all the tests. I wore an ECG to check my heart and then eventually they just kind of gave me some pills, but it wasn't a solution. And I was like, what am I going to do? Take beta blockers forever. Like it's not solving the problem. And the problem was that I was on totally the wrong place and I wasn't doing my purpose at all. I was working in finance. And then once I got on the right career path, you know, things completely changed. But um, I agree. I think a lot of things like that, especially a lot of those type of, you know, modern day things like anxiety, digestive issues, bowel issues, those kind of things I, I know from experience are very much affected by our environment and have a spiritual cause, like you said. Yeah, that's so interesting because it's like until you remove yourself from that environment of finance, which I man would be high stress um, and maybe toxic people that are around there until you remove that, we call it Nidana and Ayurveda, that cause, you're just going to keep on, um, yeah, that the disease is just going to keep on furthering and getting deeper into your body. So interesting. And you did a post on Instagram the other day, which I wanted to dive into a little bit because you linked it to being a solopreneur. And I have a lot of people listening who are spiritual entrepreneurs, readers and healers and coaches. So can you walk us through the doshas in relation to kind of entrepreneur types. So if someone, for example, I really identify with Vata, like when I did the test ages ago and when I read it, I was like, oh my goodness, that is so me. Um, so could you just run us through each one and maybe some of the benefits and pitfalls and how that might affect an entrepreneur? Yeah, of course. And I think just to go back to your previous point, I wanted to say that finding your dharma is just 
also a part of this work. And it's one of the reasons that we love talking to entrepreneurs too, because when you find your dharma and you're living your life on purpose, then similar to your story, some of those symptoms just fall away because they're like pointers from the body, right? To be like, hey, this actually isn't your path. Your path is over here doing what you're meant to be doing. And so we always are so fascinated to look at that through the lens of the doshas and to understand the different types and all of the unique ways that people can bring their passion and their purpose to life. So um, the doshas, again, just so everyone remembers, are vata, pitta, and kapha. And vata types are the air and ether types. And when you think about someone who's very ethereal or airy, it's someone who has a lot going on in the mind. And so these people have a lot of ideas, a lot of big imagination. They might be visionaries. And so they love to be at the start of the project. They're those people that maybe love to whiteboard or come up with a vision board and they're super excited. They can see it. And it's maybe a totally novel way of doing things because Vata governs change and movement. And so they like to forge their own paths and look at things in a new way where things can sometimes be a con as a Vata solopreneur is that you have all of this beautiful energy, but at times it can become chaotic. And so unless you have a really strong structure of which to channel that energy, then what can happen is you might feel scattered, anxious, overwhelmed, and it might be so paralyzing that you actually don't take any action at all. You just live up here in the mind and the ideas and nothing ever actually manifests because there's no action being taken. And so something that's really beneficial for Vata entrepreneurs is to either create a lot of structure in your own day with routines, with the way that you work, or to bring people onto your team who can support you in that, where you're the idea person and you love to jump from thing to thing, and then have someone who's a different type really be the one who brings that thing to life, who sees the project through, who's the leader on it so that you can live in your zone of genius, which is in the inspiration, in the ideas, in the learning. And if you're someone who works solo, Simple things like having a really grounding morning routine can set up that energy throughout the day because your natural inclination is that creativity. But when you start on a really grounded front of like, okay, here are the three things I really want to do today or I really want to create, then you can stay focused and you can focus all of that beautiful energy into something that can then become alive and can then live on its own, right? So that's the Vata type. Pitta type is fire and a little bit of water. And these people work really well as like leaders. So I always envision Pittas as these people as, okay, now they have the vision and they can see very clearly their path forward. They're like, okay, here's point A, here's point B. I know exactly how we're going to get there and they can move quickly and they can kind of have that, that starter energy. So fire is that transformation. And so they can transform the idea into action. And so they assemble the people around them. They love to bring this product to life, to see it through and to kind of be delegating all of the pieces where they can sometimes get burned is with a little bit of access fire. And so they might be taking on too much, or they might have too high of expectations for themselves or start to blame or get upset when things aren't perfect. You know, they have those perfectionist tendencies. And so what can really be supportive of pitta types is to find a little bit of coolness and what I mean by that is maybe in work, it's making things playful or lightening the load or making things not so serious. And so bringing that element of play into what you do as an entrepreneur and knowing that your passion is a beautiful thing, but it's also not the only thing in your life, right? Like you have friends, you have family, all of this other stuff. And so kind of zooming out and seeing it from the fuller perspective is that pit of entrepreneur. 
And if you have people on your team, it's supportive to, you know, as that leader, know how each person works. And so that kafa may be being the people who get things off the ground and they're steadfast and they can handle a lot of that responsibility. And then the vatas who are kind of floating about with that creativity. So knowing how to work with those different people on your team and being able to offload some of your responsibility rather than shouldering it all alone. And then the final type are kaphas. So these are the earth and water types, and these are the nurturers. And so they really love being a part of something, being a part of the team. And so if you can imagine these vata types having the ideas and peta types putting the, the board together and being the leads on it, kapha types are like, yes, I want to support you. I want to collaborate. And they're really responsible. They show up every day. They're consistent and they just love being in it for their people. And they're really good about showing up and putting all of their hearts into something. And something that can happen with these kapha types is they can overgive where all of a sudden they're pouring from this empty cup and what they're giving is coming with a resentment or with attachment or almost a little bit of manipulation. And so it's also important for them to realize like, Hey, you don't have to do it all alone, right? You can ask for help. You can create boundaries. You can make time for yourself. And so if you're a cough entrepreneur and you just keep adding things to your to-do list and feeling like it has to be this hard uphill battle, then lighten that load create boundaries, make things lighter, make things more free, make things a little bit easier on yourself. Um, and if you have, again, teammates and you're working with someone else, then use them for that inspiration and to spark something new in you. And a big thing with kafas is oftentimes they get really stuck and they feel like they aren't motivated or they're lethargic or lazy, but this is where their fear starts to set in. And so for a kafa to be able to see things from a new perspective as an entrepreneur or to take a new route is really big for them because then that helps lift that stagnancy and then they can get back to doing things in a lighter way. Oh my goodness, you shared so much wisdom there. Thank you so much for that. And I have a question as well, because I saw that you do intuitive healing sessions. How do you bring intuition into your Ayurvedic practice as well, as well as the theory that you've learned? I feel like intuition is so hand in hand with Ayurveda because once you understand like the elements, basically how you bring yourself into balance is bringing in the opposite elements, which is intuitive, right? Like if you have too much fire, you'll bring in more water. If you have too much air and ether, you need to ground, you need more earth. And if you have too much earth and water, you need more movement, you need more fire to get it started. So it's really about once you understand that aspect to it, which I feel like is empowering for that we call our clients the healers, then they begin to heal themselves. From our perspective, we love working with the chakra system. It's something because we believe that all disease starts from a disconnect in our spirit. We believe that the intuitive template that we're given is the chakra system. It can understand the different energies in our body. So when we do one-on-one consults, yes, we look at what is causing this? How can I create the optimal environment to heal and bring these opposing elements in their plan? And then I also really look at the chakras and I start from the ground up because that's how Kundalini energy is awakened. If we don't have any activation in the lower chakras, we're not going to be able to work with the upper chakras. So we look at each of the chakra systems and we see, okay, what's that physical mind, body, spirit connection at each of these energy centers and what needs to be healed. And I kind of theme their whole healing plan around that chakra until I really feel like it's been healed and it's been activated um, and there's energy flowing through it. 
So that's one aspect that we like to bring to it. And then with us, I think that's unique to Soulful is that we also love Reiki. Uh, we lead regular Reiki one and two trainings. We lead Reiki master trainings. And we just love it so much because I love systems and Reiki is a very ancient system. Um, but something unique that we bring to our Reiki trainings is bringing more of the esoterics. So we like talking about the different clear gifts that everyone could have because those often come online during our Reiki trainings. And in Reiki Masters, we talk about astral projection because that's something that I just love to do all the time. And yeah, so we like including in our one-on-one consultations, we'll do energy healings in them as well because that works directly with the chakra system. So we'll know exactly if we're working on the root chakra that we can use this energy healing and Reiki for that. Um, and then we love getting those intuitive messages that will come through and sharing them with our, with our clients because yeah, they are all into that stuff too. Actually, one of our clients, it was her birthday yesterday and a message that came through for her was the tiger symbol. And I said, this is a really strong totem for you, you know, and you know, as you're overcoming this fear, we worked a lot on her root chakra. And I always get the tiger one when it's like, Ooh, a really big prominent fear is about to be released. So I told her like, she can call on the tiger, um, told him whatever she'd like. And she loved that. She's like, I love tigers. And her husband for her birthday got her a pair of shoes that have tigers all over them. Um, and she sent that to me actually. And I was like, Oh my God, that is so incredible and amazing. So yeah, you can be practical with Ayurveda and you could also be esoteric with energy healing too. It could be both. <laughs> I love that so much. And what about you, Rachel? Is your opinion the same? Is that how you bring intuition into your work? Yeah, exactly the same way. Incredible. So, so fascinating. This has been absolutely amazing. You've shared so much interesting information with us. I'd love to know from each of you, what's your favorite thing about doing this work? My favorite thing is honestly just empowering other people. So when people come back and they say like, this isn't something I thought I could actually do. And I realize in this moment, and it's usually away from the consults and when they're doing the recommendations and they're on their own and something in them just shifts and they're like, wait, I have the power here and I can do this and I have the tools I need. And it's so important for both of us that everyone we work with knows like we are not the secret here. You are the secret as the client, right? We're here to guide you. We're here to be that mirror. We're here to hold space. But every single one of us has the ability to take responsibility for our lives and to be our own best healers. And that to me is just incredible to put the power back into somebody else's hands. And you can see that ripple out into every aspect of their life. So not just their health, but their finances, their relationships, their dreams and desires. And it's just such an incredible feeling to be on the other side of that and to get to bear witness to that transformation. Yeah. I, I would have to say similar. I um, The transformation piece is really key. Like I love seeing a good old A to B transformation in my clients. Like, oh my God, like, can you believe it? Like you were here and now you're here. Like I just, I just always find it so fascinating. So I find that with any offering that we have, whether it's a retreat, whether it's a consultation or it's a program, like that's always behind all of it is seeing that great transformation. And yeah, similar to Rachel, it's because they realized that they did it themselves, that they were able with all the tools and all the, everything that's within them, that, in, that seed of infinite potential, um, that we all have the power to activate. 
and seeing how it explodes in each person so authentically too. Like every client that we have, there's certain threads and similarities, right? Our clients are mirrors in a lot of ways, but I also get to see like how each person is so authentic and different and Ayurveda empowers that and is like, please step more into that. The world needs more of that uniqueness and whatever zest that you've got going on, like do not dim that. Let's bring more of that to the table. And that makes it so exciting. I think I always get worried that like our work is going to stay stagnant and it's going to be the same, but that's what brings that excitement and that newness to it is that each person brings that authentic technicolor soul to the work that we do. And when are you doing retreats? Are they back now after COVID? Because they must be absolutely incredible. I know we were talking about them a little bit before we started recording, but what do you have going on at the moment that people can get involved with? Yeah, so our Moon Magic Retreat is October 15th to the 17th at Lake Mary in Wisconsin. It's our first ever weekend retreat. Um, We actually wanted to do this before COVID, but covid I was like, no, we'll just wait for a little bit. Um, And so, yeah, we're so excited because we just done day treats in Chicago. That worked really well for our clients in Chicago who it's hard for them to take time off. So we're really excited. It's just going to be immersed in yummy Ayurvedic vegan foods and having astrology workshops, learning about your moon type. And we've done moon ceremonies virtually over like the past year and a half. That's when we started our online membership. So we're so excited to like finally do one in person and just be out in nature. It's just going to be the chillest. Wow. And what else can you offer people in terms of readings? Yeah. So if you have listened to this podcast today and you're inspired to dive deeper with Ayurveda, we do one-on-one consultations. And so like Angelica was saying, it's a deep dive into who you are and it's it's literally 90 minutes and we get so much information on you and find out so much about who you are and what's going on. So it's not only your constitution, but then also your imbalance. So you get to start actually working on whatever's present with you. So when you sign up for your first session, you get the 90 minutes and then there's a follow-up. So it's honestly a full month of support, which is really incredible. Um, so that's the biggest way we'd recommend to work with us. And if you feel inspired to learn Ayurveda more of a community, we have the Lightworker Society. So we do weekly live events, whether they're moon ceremonies, we do group Reiki healing sessions, book clubs, and we have so much on the membership portal, like so many meditations, yoga, kundalini classes, literally everything on there. And that's only $30 a month. So definitely recommend checking those two things out for sure. And where can people find you on Instagram? We are at Soulful Veda on Instagram. So it's soul, F-U-L-L-V-E-D-A. And same thing online, soulfulveda.com. And those are the two best places. This has been amazing. Thank you so much to both of you. Yeah, thank you, Liz. It's been yes, so fun. Thank you so much. We love sharing conversations with you. You're just so aligned with everything that we believe in. And we love everything that you're doing too. Ah, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this episode and please remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure that like me, you would love for more people to know this information. So if you leave a review and send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, which is at I am Ms. Roberta, you'll get a $50 voucher code to use on one of my online course launches. This won't be around forever. So go and leave a review now and I'll see you next time.